Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome back to another episode of Profit First Nation, my entrepreneurial friends. Today is an episode ending in nine, which means that we are going to go all in on your people. Uh, the, the, probably the biggest expense in terms of your operating expenses, your payroll. And so we want to make sure that we are maximizing the return on payroll that you get. So, you know, our, our philosophy is that you should be getting a three X return on payroll, which means that if you're paying someone $50,000 a year, they should be producing at a minimum $150,000 impact on your revenue. All right. That is how we stay profitable when it comes to scaling our business with employees. We never want to settle for less than a five-star employee. And remember, a five-star employee is specific for the role. So like I always say, I could get hired as a bookkeeper tomorrow, but I'm not a five-star bookkeeper. I'm a two-star bookkeeper because it's I, I know enough to be dangerous, right? Um, but it wouldn't be work that I enjoy. Nothing um, against my fellow bookkeepers out there who are profit first professionals or in the audience. But, um, you know, we all have a specific role. We, ha we have gifts, we have whys, we have specific talents, and we need to be operating in that sort of personal zone of genius. All right. So the interesting thing and the hard part about you know, sifting through applications is the resume. So today we are going to walk through resume red flags. You may be desperate, but you never wanna settle for less than a five-star employee. And remember, it's a numbers game. One out of seven applicants is a potential five-star employee. Five-star employees represent the top 15% of available talent in the market. That means for every seven applicants, you need to filter out six. You need to not be tempted by six out of seven applicants. And there's multiple ways to do that. We recommend putting an assessment in at the beginning of your quote hiring gauntlet, um, taking your candidates through the paces. And then um, the next step after candidates pass an assessment at the benchmark score for the assessment, then you're going to now finally look at the candidates, all right? We want to be as objective as possible, filtering out candidates by using assessments that score against a role or that help you identify certain things that you are specifically looking for in a candidate to be successful in that role. Then after that, that's when you're gonna finally open up the application. So ideally, through the assessment process, you're sifting out 60, 70, 80% of the applicants out of the gate so that you're not tempted by them. That means don't look at their resumes, all right? Um, but but when you get to the stage of you've got a handful of candidates now who've passed the assessment and it's time to look at the resume, that's when we have to really kind of get serious and pay attention to that gut, look for those resume red flags. So, uh, you know, we're gonna go through a lot. We've got some examples here. So remember, if you are a, uh, on, on YouTube, we are on YouTube now. So there is video with these episodes, but um, we'll walk you through it. So whether you're listening in the car or checking it out on video, we've got you covered my entrepreneurial friends. 
All right, resume red flag. So the first thing is, the first red flag is less than one year um, at multiple recent employers. So, uh, you know, that is a red flag. You want someone who is going to be in a position for more than a year. And so when people are job hopping and, and, and they're at a new job every year um, and there's gaps between their employment, that is a big red flag. You want people that have long-term employment. So what is long-term in these days? Um, I would say two years or more in the same company or the same position would, you know, kind of put that person in the category of having some long-term. I mean, you know, obviously, depending upon how old they are, uh, you know, they could have five, six, seven years, but but you want to see some, some long-term employment on a candidate's resume. Another resume red flag is exaggeration of duties and responsibilities. So um, tragically, AI can be used for, for good and for bad. And uh, you know, candidates are using AI to beef up their resumes and sound way more impressive. And stay tuned, have I got a doozy for you to share later in the episode here. But uh, you know, if, if, if it just seems like they're you know, talking just way out there in terms of just being way too fabulous and having way too much responsibility um, or impact for based off their job title, then that's someone who's not necessarily being so honest on their resume. Um, if their formal education is in an unrelated field from what you're looking to hire in, that is another resume red flag. Here's an example of an applicant uh, that was a Bachelor of Arts major in government and an American Sign Language minor, yet uh, they are trying to get a job as um, a bookkeeper, all right? There, there doesn't really seem to be much correlation. And then when you look at their experience, again, not really anything related to accounting or bookkeeping. Sadly, a lot of people think, you know, anyone can be a bookkeeper and that is tragically incorrect. So um, right there, this is a, a no bueno resume. Uh, the red flags on here also too are, um, it looks like that they had uh, double employment. So they worked as a legal assistant in the summer of 2021, but they were also a line operator from January 2021 to May 2022. So, you know, were they double dipping? Um, is this a typo? They, this person looks like they were in school, but they didn't really um, stick with things very long. And then, uh, you know, you're also going to be looking for grammar and punctuation errors. You know, there's no excuse for someone not having attention to detail. Small businesses, we, you know, do a lot with a few people. So we need everyone's hands on deck, paying attention to things and crossing T's and dotting I's and grammar and punctuation are, are necessary and important. Um, in any kind of job. And really, obviously, you know, this was created on a computer. So there's applications and lots of tools, Grammarly, et cetera, for free that should, you know, someone should be employing to make sure that their resumes have all of that um, T's crossed and I's dotted when it comes to grammar and punctuation. And then, you know, I am going to say that there are probably specific industries or employers um, that that you should avoid. 
maybe on candidates in terms of when you're reviewing. And I, I would cons these are what I consider my red flags that I won't consider for any role. So I will not consider a professor or an adjunct college instructor for any role that I have. Um, they don't seem to have a sense of urgency. They're, they're, they're great thinkers and they have a lot of time to think and that's kind of the problem. Um, I don't also bring on people who are formally self-employed. I mean, hello, let's be honest, we're all entrepreneurs here and the thought of working for someone else would probably make your skin crawl right now. Um, that's just not something that you want. And once I think you've been bitten by the entrepreneurial bug, you want to get back to that um, and you never want to work for someone again. And so, you know, my my take on the formerly self-employed is that they're always looking to get back into it and you're just kind of um, a, a, a stepping stone for them to get back into the entrepreneurial pool. So I avoid people who were formerly self-employed. Um, to be honest, I also avoid people who have been in ministry. Uh, you know, again, that is a position that, um, you know, requires a lot of energy and intensity for not many hours a week. All right. Um, so they're not used to the, the daily grind eight hours a day, five days a week or whatever your schedule entails. Um, they're very important in this world and um, probably if they enjoy ministry should stay in that world. And then, um, you know, any sort of positions where, where people have a lot of downtime, um, you know, it's kind of like they're just babysitting a front desk or, um, you know, just kind of waiting around for, for something to happen. Um, that is someone that you probably should avoid in terms of, uh, in terms of a hire. So, uh, you know, it is in the details on the resume. So there are previous roles in industry experience that we love. So when looking at a red flag, I mean, excuse me, when looking at a resume, they don't always have to be red flags, but here are some um, experiences and such that we like and why we like them. So we like people who have hospitality and food service experience. We like people who have had positions that are hard, grinding physical work. So, you know, like someone who works in a grocery store, uh, people who work in warehouses, landscapers, people who've worked in the trades, um, people who are who are movers. <laughs> There's a company here called Meathead Movers and uh, they employ collegiate athletes to, you know, take on these jobs, which is perfect for a collegiate athlete because, you know, they're not committing to anything. It kind of works with their schedule. If they're free for one day for this, for this job, uh, th then they can say, yeah, I'll work that day and such. Um, but obviously very, very physical. So, uh, and then we're also looking for someone who, who played team sports. So, and, or is, is kind of these things, hospitality, food service, hard grinding, physical work, warehouse, grocery store. I mean, uh, I, I don't know about your grocery store, but there's a grocery store chain where I live called Stater Brothers. And I mean, if, 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 if the checkouts are slow, I mean, then that checker is in the aisles, um, you know, restocking shelves, doing things. Those people at Stater Brothers are always on the move. And I would hire any one of them in a heartbeat because they know how to stay busy and stay productive. And then um, the and or team sports. So, you know, what's good about these um, is that they demonstrate that they're accountable to someone else. 
um, they're performing, they're doing it. Um, and, and if they stay with it, they're obviously good at it and like it. So that kind of tenure in terms of their experience is important as well that we talked about previously. Um, you know, they're showing a sense of urgency. Uh, you know, if you're working in a warehouse or, or you're doing something uh, in public in the trades, I mean, the pressure's on. People are watching you. People are waiting for you to get it done. And so um, these jobs naturally show a sense of urgency as well as in team sports. I mean, you know, when, the, when it's game time, it's, it's, it's time to perform. Um, you know, jobs where people are physically moving around. Again, all of these examples meet that criteria. Uh, and also to kind of wearing multiple hats and such, um, you know, even if you're the pitcher on the baseball team, you know, you still are wearing multiple hats. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're a cheerleader for your team. You're, you're doing other things for the team besides just showing up on the mound to pitch. Um, and then, um, obviously team oriented too. So hospitality and food service team oriented, hard grinding, physical work, working in grocery stores, warehouses, um, the trades, et cetera, you know, that does take teamwork as well, typically, and obviously team sports. Well, that's where we get the teamwork there as well. All right. So here is a case study I'm going to walk you through. And so this is it's kind of tricky sometimes, you know, part-time employees um, are a great asset to a business because you are getting typically a lot of bang for your buck. Uh, so, you know, it, it's hard for someone to be, honestly, if you're paying someone eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, are you really getting 40 hours of productivity? Mm, probably not exactly. We've got strategies around how to, how to make that possible. But, you know, let's be honest. Um, you're probably not, you know, giving your, your, your own company 40 hard hours a week. Um, but when you have a part-time person who's working for, you know, four hours a day, three hours a day, I mean, they can bang it out because that is kind of the sweet spot of, you know, how much someone can really just work hard and focus in a, in a, in a period of time. It's not eight hours. It's, it's about three to four hours. So part-time employees do give you a lot of bang for your buck, but you have to be very, very careful with them when you bring them on. So in the example that you're seeing on the screen that I'm going to talk you through right now, um, we have a, another candidate um, and, you know, again, kind of the same resume red flags. Um, they, you know, were a, a controller at a company from June 2022 to August 2022. I mean, uh, was that even two months maybe? Um, then they were a staff accountant from December 21 to May 2022. So now we're talking like maybe five months. Um, they worked at QuickView Quick from, excuse me, QuickBooks from October 21 to uh, December 2021. I mean, this is just kind of laughable, sadly. Um, you know, there are gaps in their employment as well. Um, and so this is a person who just, oh my gosh, um, like burn this resume as, as soon as you see it. So no longevity. Um, what's interesting about this is that, um, you know, she, she shared in the deep dive interview that, you know, when it was questioned about her, um, her inconsistencies and such, um, that, uh, that she was working multiple jobs at the same time. So this came through actually from someone that I was talking to, 
about, you know, what, 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 what they were struggling with and stuff. So I said, okay, well, like, give me an example. Who was the last person that you hired? And, and so we went through this process, um, live, uh, had the resume in their files and such. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the candidate was also saying, you know, that they were looking for a good fit. That's, that's why they didn't work. These, these jobs didn't work out. They weren't a good fit they were all relatively in the same industry. So it, you know, it's a case of, it's not me, it's not been me, it's them. And, you know, this person is not, if it's not been a good fit for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven employers um, between 2021 and 2023, seven employers between, between 2021 and 2023, it, it, it is, they're not going to be a good fit for you either, clearly. Um, so, you know, it's very hard. We want to trust the candidates. We want to believe what they say. Um, but, but you got to go with your gut. You got to have to be as objective as possible. You've got to, you know, see these resume red flags and go, ah, no way. No, thank you. Um, and move on and never settle. Uh, the candidate also used the excuse that, oh, this is normal in this industry. It's like, no, this is not normal in this industry. Uh, I, I don't know of any industry where a five-star employee is not going to be a, you know, person that demonstrates some longevity and tenure in the position. All right. So, Yes, maybe, you know, some industries have a lot of churn because they're just taking warm bodies and such, but there are five-star people working in every industry who can stick with a job and that those are the people that you need to attract and those are the people that you need to hire and everyone else you need to filter out and say, no, thank you and never settle. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing about this is this person applied for a part-time job but then quit for full-time work. So, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say, except that this candidate was a hot mess. And, uh, you know, when I reviewed this, there was a lot of ahas with the owner here in terms of how to make things better going forward. So there's some lessons learned there and some more lessons learned. When it comes to a part-time employee, here's an example, to be honest, I hired um, a podcast blog editor last year um, and, you know, said, hey, I need you to do some daily check-ins with us. We, the, the whole team checks in. Um, they were not showing up to that. They were MIA. They were not completing tasks. And then they quit in June of 2022. So, you know, my lessons learned because that was the first time that I had employed someone, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a really part-time basis. I mean, this person was really kind of working, you know, the, was scheduled to be working 12 hours a week. Um, but you know, the way to get around this and some best strategies for part-time employment is, um, you need to make them a priority. All right. So even though they're working a little bit, they get even less time with you. They get less time with the team. So you almost have to prioritize and make them the priority for their engagement to stay genuine and productive. Um, you need to have daily accountability with them for every day that they work. So if they're working three days a week, you need to have daily accountability on those three days. So whenever they're scheduled to work, they have to have some sort of check-in some sort of schedule. Uh, we've talked about this too before that a lot of people are kind of double dipping on jobs right now. 
And then uh, they just, you know, once they start getting caught about things, uh, they, uh, they, 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 they tend to disappear and, and, and kind of, uh, I guess, quit the job or abandon the job. Uh, but, but you've got to find ways to have that accountability um, for every day that they work. Uh, you need to make sure that you're setting hard deadlines in terms of their, their, their production, what they're doing, what their deliverables are, and you have to stick with it. And you can't let them get away with it once. You've got to be hard at the beginning. I mean, let's be honest, having employees is kind of like having um, adult children. <laughs> They're, your, 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 your eight-year-old is on your payroll and you know your, your 40-year-old uh, copywriter is on your payroll as well. And, um, and, and so you've, you've got to, you've got to stay on them. You've got to, you know, hold them accountable, set deadlines, make sure things are happening. Uh, maybe consider pay for performance or bonus or having some sort of incentive for them to stay engaged and to enjoy the job, um, and, and really, you know, get a lot out of it. And then, uh, again, that engagement, you need to have support. Um, so how do I say this? You want to be engaging with a part-time employee on their other uh, part-time priorities, okay? So someone is working part-time because there's another part-time something in their life that's important. So maybe it's a, it's a mom whose kids go to school, and so the mom works when the kids are at school. So what you need to do is you need to, you know, encourage and support them and engage them on the other thing that's important in their life. Maybe again, a little bit more than you do with your full-time employees because you're getting that less face time. So it's almost like you have to like give the same amount of engagement that you give a full-time employee to a part-time employee. So you're not giving half the engagement, you're giving the full-time engagement to a part-time employee, all right? Um, and then and then you're being supportive about like what they're doing outside because like that is probably a little bit more of their why than what um, what 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 their current job is with you, all right? So here is, um, kind of a crazy case study of a, a resume that is definitely overstating and exaggerating their responsibilities. This is from a stay-at-home mom, and she was a stay-at-home mom, according to her resume, from November 2016 to December of 2021. And, uh, you know, I mean, let's just walk through here. Balancing priorities to create and implement budget, motivate, coach, and counsel children, work with teachers to closely monitor academics' performance of children, plan, organize, and supervise extracurricular activities, mediate disputes and facilitate resolutions, negotiate with suppliers, pay invoices and reconcile accounts, coordinate medical care for all family members, drive children to extracurricular activities, shop, play and create and serve nutritious meals. I mean, oh my gosh, like this is insane. This is beyond ridiculous. And, you know, I mean, this is a radical example because mo half of us are probably, you know, m moms or dads out there. And, uh, you know, this is just like what every parent does. There's nothing exceptional here, but um, uh, trying to make it more special than it is. I, I would also say that this is a bit of a red flag that, um, that, that they thought that their 
value, to be honest, as a stay-at-home parent, maybe I'm getting in trouble here now, um, was, was, was so critical. Um, and, 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 and obviously not everyone can afford to do that and such. So, you know, this resume doesn't impress me much and there is no way I would touch this candidate with a 10 foot pole. So anyways, um, that is kind of a wrap on what we're talking about here. And that is the resume red flags. You want to filter out candidates. You want to, you know, not get wooed, not get fooled. Uh, you really want to dive in. You're going to review red flags. So I would say that probably when I get to the point that I'm reviewing resumes about 40 to 60% of the resumes that I review are getting filtered out. So, um, you know, I'm finding one, two or more red flags in resumes and, and then I'm not moving forward with the candidate. So we've, we've filtered out people through the assessment. Then I have a, a batch of candidates and then I'm going to filter them out through the resume red flags so that I am not tempted and I'm never settling for less than a five-star employee. If you would like more information, if you want to download our resources, connect with us, send in a question, connect with one of my Profit First professional uh, accountants, bookkeepers, or coaches, then please go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on contact to connect with us. And cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Thanks for tuning in to the Profit First Nation podcast. We hope you found today's episode valuable and that it's inspired you to take action towards achieving permanent profitability in your business. If you want to learn more about how to implement Profit First in your business and connect with a community of like-minded entrepreneurs, be sure to visit us at ProfitFirstNation.com to download our how-to guides and resources. Remember, permanent profitability is within your reach and we're here to support you every step of the way. So let's do Profit First right together. Profit First Nation website related podcasts and videos are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.